26th of March uh, was posted in upnorthlive.com. What's that? Up North Live. There's so many of them. You know, some pla- so many places to get news. But it says Governor Rick Snyder says Michigan won't recognize more than 300 same-sex marriages performed. <laughs> Amen. Now, you know that's same-sex marriages are illegal in Michigan. The people have voted and decided they don't want to honor same-sex marriages. Amen. And so, praise God. There was a a Supreme Court mandate that that, uh, said that that was illegal, but that's been appealed. And so that has been uh, struck down again. And so we we rule people the people rule once they have spoken and uh, you know we uh, we support the wounded warrior project in this ministry and so we have been praying for returning veterans uh, especially the ones who need jobs housing uh, especially the wounded so um, on um, let me see April 11th first lady Michelle Obama joined forces with uh, former first lady Rosalind Carter uh, Senator Elizabeth Dole Jill Biden for joining forces a program to help the caregivers of wounded veterans so this is a government resource that especially helps the caregivers uh, who have a lot of things to to be considered you know they see a loved one leave in perfect health and then they come back needing uh, just they don't know how much care and how much care in the future so we have I know many of you have uh, prayed for that especially that the veterans would be given good treatment when they return home because of keeping uh, giving their lives and their comfort for us so those are a couple of things that have come through as answers to prayer so I thought I'd share that to encourage you so we're going to get to the word right now amen father in heaven we thank you that you are the God of all flesh nothing's too hard for you Lord and we thank you that everything that we ask for according to your will is done according to your glorious riches through Jesus Christ our Savior and we thank you Lord for granting to us the ability the desire and the privilege of being in your presence understanding your word hearing your word being servants of the most high God and we thank you for that in Jesus name amen praise God thank you Jesus thank you Lord thank you Jesus thank you Lord thank you Jesus you know the Lord wants to to tell us something about the word servant and the Lord is saying there is no higher position on the earth than to be the servant of humanity there's no higher position on the earth and when I call you servant I call you servant because you are endowed with every holy thing that is needed to serve you serve from a holy place and a high place a high spiritual place says the spirit of God don't ever let the enemy fool you into thinking that you can put down service for something greater because there is no greater thing says the spirit of God that you would lay down your life for a friend and lay down your comfort for a friend lay down whatever needs to be put down to help a friend says the spirit of the living God amen praise God amen amen so we won't let the devil bug us with words like promotion and all that kind of stuff you know promotion in God there's a high price for that 
Amen. We did a teaching on the internet this week about promotion through fire. Uh, you know, we we have to be prepared for uh, taking on more in God, and so uh, you know, it, it ain't cheap, baby. <laughs> it ain't cheap. This anointing ain't cheap, neither, baby. So it costs Jesus everything. So it will cost us in kind. So praise God. Today we're going to talk though about perseverance through trial. Perseverance through trial. And how to press past the resistance of spiritual wickedness. Amen. How to press past the resistance of spiritual wickedness. In Ephesians chapter 6. The writer outlines the different levels of spiritual power and authority. And so there is a place for us to make a a counter uh, a counterattack uh, to um, answer what the enemy is trying to say to us in the things that he does, things that he does to assault us, the things that he does to assail us, to steal our peace, to steal our well-being, to steal our health, to steal our finances, to steal family contentment. You know, you're looking for contentment in your household. You want your children uh, to be peaceful children and, and intelligent children, able to do their schoolwork and accomplish things. You know, everybody wants that uh, for their youngsters. And so, Uh, These things God wants for us as well. But the enemy wants to steal everything from us. There is nothing that he won't try to take from you. Uh, There's nothing that's off the table. If he sees you loving it, he wants it even more. You got me? And and, uh, you know, you can't fool him. He knows what you like. He's been whispering it in your ear all your life. Well, that was free. I don't know where we're going right now, but many of the things we desire, we, you know, they're eye things, you know, things we see. Many times the enemy will put them before us on a continual basis. A lot of times we help him. Where you go and what you enjoy and all that kind of stuff. So he knows that. And you know, we see the operation of familiar spirits all the time. You know, you watch the, I don't watch it, but you shouldn't. You know, all the different psychics they have on television. Long Island Medium. She can tell them about Uncle Joe. And Now it's interesting, everybody she talks about is dead. So you know our God doesn't have anything to do with that. We serve the God of the living. I'm going to say it again. Our God has nothing to do with that because we serve the God of the living. Hmm? I don't want to know about dead Uncle Joe. I mean he can't do me no good. He's either in heaven or hell. Hopefully you witnessed to him and he got a good chance to go to heaven. But he's in the presence of the Lord either way. To be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. And so we, we understand those things. And we let God take care of God's business. We will have to get involved in that. And we don't need to know if he's a little angel sitting on our shoulder. If he's Uncle Joe ain't never been no angel. Oh, I ain't going to lie like that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but 
say, you know, familiar spirits follow us around for generations. Mm-hmm. They tell us things. They're involved in setting us up uh, for the things that we like, the things we desire, the things that we, you know, sometimes when you get tricked and deceived, you say, how did that happen? I thought, you know, I had it, I had prayed for X, yeah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's easy. You know, to slip one in sometimes if we're not vigilant. The enemy knows how to do those things because he's been uh, uh, filing, getting information on us for generations. He followed your your grandmother around and great-grandmother around. And now he's got people assigned to you that know all that information, know how to guide you in those same ways that your ancestors were, were guided in. But we are redeemed from all curses. There's no generational curse on us as people of God we are the new generation we are the chosen generation amen that's the generation that we're in I did a teaching about the haters assigned against your life uh, you know the to to uh, thwart the the good plan that God had for you and sometimes we need to understand that a lot of the things that we think and a lot of the things that are whispered in our ear are not us talking to us you got me they come from uh, generations of haters assigned against your life to hurt your life and so we need to understand voices and where they come from and how they speak to us and what they try to do to keep us from going forward in God. And so spiritual wickedness uses voices that are familiar to us from generations and generations to help thwart us and keep us from what God wants us to have. Amen. Uh, in fact, I, I was going to mention to you about the uh, the teachings uh, about the haters. We have those on the CD. It's, Shannon, how much did I say? It's three of them. Three discs for $12. I taught this at the empowerment meeting. So you probably won't find it a lot of places. I don't know. It ain't free nowhere, is it? Take it off. If it's a, you know what I'm talking about. But you know what? Get these because these will help straighten your brain out. Because many times people will think that's me talking to me and that's a legitimate voice. But that's not. That's That's been assigned to your life. It just comes to you in a familiar voice. So you'll accept it and receive it as, as legitimate counsel. So that business of voices and whisperings is part of spiritual wickedness so we're going to talk about how to persevere and press past that so that you can get what God has for you recently God was speaking to me about an increase in spiritual wickedness and he said you can tell by the fact that weather is very unpredictable it's very uh, inclement which which means it's unmerciful toward people uh, you know we we started out uh, I know this winter I kept saying I said God I'm believing you for a mild winter and I'm still saying it I don't change I'll change my confession. I don't care what the weather does. But I could I could sense, you know, sometimes you you your prayers come as a result of sensing difficulty that might be predicted in that area. But nobody could have predicted all the um the turmoil that we've had in the weather recently. And many times these upheavals in weather are a result of spiritual uh, forces in the heavenlies that are warring against the good that God wants to do for us down here on earth. There are upheavals in the uh, uh, the atmosphere. Uh, atmospheric changes 
can can be unpredictable because of what the enemy is plotting and planning and where God has righteous angels uh, stopping that so you get a sense sometimes of a wrestling even in the atmosphere like today it said you know we were supposed to like I don't know how many days they said we were supposed to get over 70 degrees we haven't gotten that yet you see what I'm saying delayed promises are a part of spiritual wickedness you got me promises that that sound good to us but never get here and so the the spiritual wickedness uh, is a force that just releases through the atmosphere either a bad report a bad spiritual influence spiritual pressure it releases disease it releases discomfort and confusion and it releases uh, uh, and it tries to create an atmosphere where the evil report is easily believable and embraced so many of us recently have had bouts with what we thought was a cold and it took you down for two weeks you understand and I mean down you couldn't get up and see that uh, that is an example of spiritual wickedness where it comes as an onslaught to get you to look at it to get you to receive it to get you to and sometimes you can't do anything except believe God until it passes see what I'm saying and so these are times when we can can go to God and get the things that we need but we need to understand that these things happen and it's not because you did something wrong. The haters assigned to your life, those spiritual forces that hate you, will tell you that kind of stuff. It's not because you're not living right or because you know all the days that you didn't tithe is finally caught up with you. All that kind of stuff. The things that would condemn you and try to make you lie down and receive it and take it, that's not the issue. It, it may have happened, but that's not an issue with God if you repent. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's much more inclined to want to get us up and get us back in the game and teach us how to overcome that's the important part that you learn how to overcome and not just be glad it's over with and go on your merry way so you can work these things to your benefit if you learn how to work with these things and so we want to press past the resistance of spiritual wickedness with determination with confidence and with perseverance perseverance is something that God is demanding out of his people right now it's that don't quit don't stop don't turn around don't go back don't 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 do what you are feel naturally inclined to do so when you resist you really set your face right where you were going to begin with before all this stuff got in your way to try to derail you and to try and stop you and hinder you and so the bible says in ephesians six twelve, it says we wrestle against principalities powers rulers of darkness spiritual wicked there's all kinds of levels of spiritual trouble that we wrestle against now that word wrestling means to make hand-to-hand contact uh, with your opponent that means you fight up close and personal 
That doesn't mean you rebuke everything and it never comes around you. See, that's like fear. You know, a lot of times people fear things. And, well, well I'm believing God that, you know, I can live uh, debt free and, and take my paycheck and do what I want to do with. Well, that ain't going to happen. You understand what I'm saying? You're going to have to have some hand to hand contact and hand to hand. We're going to write some checks out. You're going to have to lick some stamps. You have to put some stuff in the mail. You understand what I'm saying? You have to confront these things. And you can't be afraid of the confrontation. Because you're confronting them in the authority of God. You cannot be afraid of the confrontation. Not in a spiritual sense. Now I'm not talking about fighting flesh and blood. You know we don't do that. We don't fight in the flesh. Because our weapons are mighty through God. While you're fighting arguing with somebody. You can pull down a stronghold that has that person captive. Their whole family captive. That's got you captive trying to get you too. You understand what I'm saying? And so if we will will uh, pull ourselves in and get the spiritual weapons that God has ordained for us, we will remain victorious. We will, we will uh, rise up victorious against everything that comes against us. So it's principalities and powers, rulers of darkness. You have the authority to fight rulers and kick them off of their throne. You understand what I'm saying? Why are you messing around arguing with somebody over a parking space or or something else that's that's really petty? You have the authority to to uh, pull down rulers of darkness. Fighting flesh and blood is not possible in the Holy Spirit. If you're in the Holy Spirit, fighting flesh and blood is not possible. If we fight in the flesh, all of our efforts are vain and ineffective because God is not with us in that place. When we get a spiritual view of the situation, we turn our attention and efforts toward the force behind the situation. That, that, that veil of darkness, that curtain of wickedness that is there pressing in on us to see if it can move us from our appointed place and keep us from our appointed position. So we do have authority there. You have all authority. God will help you. He'll send all the help for you that you will ever need as long as you're fighting on a spiritual level. As long as you're using the word. As long as you're using the realm of prayer. As long as you're using the authority, the spiritual authority that God gives to all believers. Then he is with you and you will reign victorious in those things. Sometimes we find that we are effective because God is with us and the victory over these forces has already been won and it's been passed on to us. So Jesus has given us the keys to the kingdom but the devil wants to keep us doubting that we have it, fumbling for the right key. You know what I'm saying. He'll put a veil of darkness around you or uncertainty around you or something like that. I know sometimes when you say for instance that you've been attacked in your body in the past and in two days you know you've shaken it off and moved on to the next thing. And sometimes these things press and press and press and press and press. Don't be concerned about why it's pressing. So that's the first thing that will come to you. I can usually get rid of this. <laughs> How come 
Why? Why is the road the enemy wants you to get on? Because he can give you a million reasons why. God is not a reason wire. He's a forgiver of all reasons why. How you got there is only important to the extent that it can prevent you from getting there again. And you don't ask why when you're in the middle of a battle. You just want a gun. Huh? God give me the gun to shoot this devil. Just you know we talk about how I got here at another time but I want this devil off me. Huh? And out of my life. And that's what God does. You wouldn't stop and if you were rescuing somebody from drowning say now nah, what you doing down there? And how you get down here in this water? This is no time to have a discussion about the events leading up to it. A rescue is a rescue. You go in and you pluck them out and you get them over into safety. And in safety then there can come counsel. In safety is where you get counsel. You can't listen to people if you gasping for breath and and on your last leg. You want to get your victory first. Amen. And then you can get understanding. I think understanding is wonderful. Listen, if if my confession, my confession (laughs) got so raggedy. After after I turned 60, my confession got real raggedy. It was like, oh, Lord. You mean this body of mine is done already, God? It only lasted me how many good years? I don't think I got. I don't think I get thirty-five good years out of this old carcass of mine. There's some old silly commercial. This lady, her bladder's leading her around. She's walking. <laughs> now I had to put my hand down. I said, God, that ain't me. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you start identifying with all this. Huh? The hover round, the hurricane, the that bathtub you could get in and out of, and all that stuff. You know, you start looking at that stuff, and that looks pretty comfortable. You understand what I'm saying? And so God had to rebuke me because my confession. He said, "You've always confessed that I would renew your youth." You know what I'm saying? Every day. You know, sometimes you get out of the bed and it takes you so long. You say, oh, who am I fooling? Let's, you know, <laughs> whatever. Pastor Ben Gay. But I had to <laughs> I had to get my mouth in line with God's word again. You understand what I'm saying? So to a degree, that understanding what, how your faith slipped and how you got over in the natural on things, that can be helpful. But when the devil's on top of you trying to kill you, that is not the time for a counseling session. Amen. For how you got there. You pretty much know how you got there. You know, you've been believing in natural things instead of the supernatural. And so once you get yourself straightened back up again and you get over into the supernatural of God, then you can move forward. But in some of these attacks of spiritual wickedness, they don't move as quickly as they usually move. Things don't get resolved as quickly as they usually get resolved. Because there is a season where God will allow us to experience his mercy 
his goodness not our faith and our confession but our desire to to get God to move through us in a greater dimension in a greater way it's it's the fourth man in the fire see sometimes you go through you go through life using your faith you use your prayers you everything runs like clockwork you know you have a little a little attack of the enemy here and, and you can get through that pretty good or you've got faith that you're going to come through it and you live a pretty much peaceful life but then you'll have these seasons where the the normal peace is not as easily attainable and you're a little upset with yourself because you're here you don't know how you got here you don't want to stay here you don't want the saints to know you here you don't want nobody else to know you here but you're here you got me you're here anyway and so these are times where you need to go within and check in with God because there's something different going on this is not the normal attack of the enemy that can be rebuked and it lifts right away and if it comes you know how some of these you know you can walk sometimes in authority in God and and you know the devil will will you know you'll hit him and he'll stay down and and leave you and then you start feeling real strong you go back what you doing devil Where's yours? huh well you talking to me you you know you go de Niro on him all of us you want a piece of me you talking to me this ain't one of these times uh, <laughs> you can't go de Niro on this you know what I'm talking about you go looking for trouble we messing with today we go pray for somebody today loaded for bear ready for bear and all that so there may, may be times where things have come to a standstill where he you're not making any progress and he ain't making none either but he's still there and he's present and you know he's there and his presence can be felt i'm talking about things where you might have uh 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 warfare over your finances where it didn't used to get down to the last you're used to having more here and it's not like you spent it frivolously or you knew where it went or you did anything like that it's just a a situation that doesn't move as quickly by your faith as it used to move and there's nothing wrong with your faith there's nothing wrong with you but in these times the enemy will try to get you to take responsibility for it he will try to make you feel condemned about it he will try to make you feel that you're some kind of you know woeful critter that just can never get it right you know you got to start all over again all that kind of stuff because of of the haters assigned against your life they want to see you in an early grave as soon as possible and if they can convince you to turn against yourself I must have done something wrong and you sit all day trying to figure out as though you can go back and do something about it you can entertain yourself all day with condemnation 
trying to figure out well how do I get out of this and God's not involved in it at all when you get like that you understand what I'm saying because if we would do the normal thing like go to God and say God what is going on here I can't even you know what I'm saying it's always the last thing we do when we get in condemnation mode we want to straighten ourselves out before God finds out we're sitting on the sidelines not doing what he told us to do but he finds out about it anyway so during these times when when you rebuke the devil and he don't buke you know what I'm saying when when you curse the thing and it bounces back up again you know like a weed you know it's it's like pulling them you know the 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 first thing that sprouts up in my yard every year is the weeds I don't believe for them I don't ask for them I don't plant them I don't nothing but they pop up anyway and so if you're the person that wants to continue to fight weeds you're going to have a struggle on your hands but why don't you plant something that you want to see come up in the meantime and that's what God wants to get us to do is to start to use our faith and use our words to begin to build again and so one of the three of the things that he told me that these times are useful for these are times where he decides he wants us to recharge reassess and recommit that's what this is for see whatever it is that the enemy brings in your life God will use it for his glory he will use it for his good and so we think well how can this ever be used for our good it can be used for your good if you will use it for the purpose God intended it for if he wanted you to rebuke the devil and get up and run off he'd let you do that but somehow the unction isn't there the impetus isn't there all you can do right now is be still and know that he's God and that's a good place to be <clears throat> because in times when the enemy is, is coming in like a flood God's spirit will raise up a standard against him and says uh uh-uh, uh no further no more but then he will deal with you and help you to get to the place where he wants you to be the only thing he's doing is showing you that he's God showing you he has a better way showing you one of the things that he likes to do with his his children is remove their toys to bring them into maturity you know what your toys are that 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 thing you like to do that you do so well that works every time for you huh your authority your prayers your your quick your formulas your steps the things that you the dance that you do every time you get in trouble that always gets you out of trouble see he takes that away from us for a season and allows us to be totally dependent upon him so that he can do some inner workings in us that would not get done if we didn't go to the the spiritual triage so in recharging in in psalm 46 10 if you'll go there 46 and verse 10 he says be still and know that I'm God I will be exalted even among the heathen I'll be exalted in the earth in other words God wants for him to get the glory out of he he wants you not to rely on you so much not to rely even on your knowledge of him or your knowledge of the word or your understanding of things but you need to check in with him now because he wants to bring something new into your life he wants to bring something more powerful into your life 
He wants to add to what you already have. Sometimes he removes uh, what can be shaken so that he can put something in that cannot be shaken. Sometimes we've been using that same old scripture for everything and we just on a wing and a prayer right now. The devil had heard it so many times he knows how to repeat it and sound just like you. We can fool ourselves into thinking we're more powerful than we are. And so God knows how to pull us off the battlefield for a season. How to get us to come. And the only way you can recharge is to be still and know that he is God. Amen. What does he want to recharge? Recharge really means to restore some things to us. You ever feel like you're just old worn out? soldier or something like that you know you're you're making it every day but you're not happy about it you're not joyful about it you just it's just you just plodding along well he don't like you living like that he wants you living in the highest realm of the fruit of the spirit so the first thing he does is he restores the joy of your salvation remember them days when you knew you didn't know nothing about nothing and God helped you anyway well right now if you, you're at a place where you don't know how to get past this thing that's opposing you that's where you're at. God I don't know nothing. I don't know how to get past this thing but I know one thing. I love you. I'm happy to be serving you. I'm happy that you can get me up every morning. I'm happy for the basic things. I'm being content with such things as I have. I'm not trying to be a faith giant. And trying to move mountains and trying to have a prophecy every five minutes for everybody. And trying to have this for everybody. I don't have nothing for nobody and I'm laying down. And if help don't come quick I'm going to take this NyQuil that I've been confessing I didn't need no more. It's the truth. You will come to your natural self sometimes when you the devil start hitting you with everything but the kitchen sink. My goodness, how many knots can you take upside your head and still say you're a great woman, a man, a paste and flour? Can't take too many more of them. You gotta go and Jesus says, I, I bind up your wounds. Why did he say, Why is it for the first thing he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to heal the broken heart. That was the first thing he came to do for us. He's the same Jesus. You still need your broken heart healed. You still need your wounds bound up. You still need to go to spiritual triage. Great woman of paste and flour. Huh? Sitting up there can't do nothing but be still and know that he's. God if I don't know nothing I know you God. I may not know how to hit this devil. I may not know when I'm getting up off this bed of affliction. But I do know that you are God. That's it. And that's all you need to know. It's all you need to know right about there. Mm-hmm. See you thought it was the devil. If you belong to God, the devil doesn't even have freedom to do what he wants to do in your life. It's all going to work together for your good. 
The number one thing God's after is that we conform to the image of his son. He wants, when we see Jesus, we want to be like him because we'll see him face to face. That's God's number one job for us down here on earth. You know, I know, I know some, I know where y'all come from. You know, some of us from certain persuasions. Where we go out and win a soul and come back and write them down in a book and start counting up how many. You thought that was why you was here. Huh? Some of us are ministers. You know, we give and serve and, you know, get under the weather and can't tell, can't call nobody. Well, you know, you can't trust everybody to tell them to pray for you. Huh? Huh? You think that's why you're here? We out here for none of that. Primarily, I mean, that's good and that's fruit that'll remain, but God's primarily after you. He's after you conforming to the image of His Son. He's after you receiving your inheritance, your spiritual inheritance first. The other thing we need to do at this time is reassess. Isaiah 1.8 says, come let us reason together, saith the Lord. Come, let us reason. No, I don't want you to pull out your little bag of tricks. I don't want your little formula and your little incantation and your little mantra that you get together. You know, it's, it's so void of God's spirit sometimes it might as well be over on the other side. Huh? I rebuke you. I'm a, I'm a, uh, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm a, I'm the head, not the tail. Blah blah blah. blah, blah, blah. See, you know, we you don't even have to have God involved in some of that stuff. You just spitting out words. You know, when spiritual wickedness gets a grip on you and, and, and clouds your vision and clouds your way, the only thing you can do is just hang on to God until he pulls you through it. See? It's the fourth man in the fire time. This is no time for you to go through this on your own. Now, there's a time for that. And I thank God for it. I thank God that my confessional work. I thank God that when I prophesy to principalities and powers, I can feel them get stiff and let go of what they're holding. I thank God for those things. But I'm telling you there's a time too where if you hit it and it hits you back and you lay down from it, you better be still and know he's God. You better be still and know he's God. We reassess. We reason together with the Lord. We, we begin to talk to him about us. Talk to him. Sometimes just being quiet and letting him lead you through the word to where he wants you to be. Sometimes it's old familiar places but boy they feel good when you, when you don't have a <laughs> hope to get no place else. So he restores to you the joy of your salvation. Sometimes we don't know how much we need restoration. You know, sometimes people pray for God. God, I just thank you for getting me and, you know, growing my ministry and getting me here and getting me there. And they get to that place and lose their way because they misinterpret what's needed at different times in their lives. You know, people say things like, well, I neglected my family. No, you neglected God. I'm going to say it again. Because, see, that's a, that's a man's answer to a spiritual difficulty. 
you know, oh, well, you know, I had a good wife and, you know, but I, I neglected her for the ministry. You did no such thing. You did no such thing. You neglected God. Because he could have told you how much time and when to spend with whom and all. He could lead you and guide you into the right way to spend your time, energy, and effort. He can help you with those things. Come up with a natural answer for a spiritual problem. You miss it every single time. But see in these times when those those uh, assaults of the enemy don't move as quickly as you want them. That's a good time to reassess with God where you're at. What he wants you to do. He'll bring something new out of it. Bring something new out of it. I, was, I had a fall at my home and, and was winting for the longest time. But every time I would would decide to go up, I had to get up. I said, oh, thank you, Jesus, for getting me up off of this. Thank you, Jesus. He said, well, I've been just waiting for you to come address me like I'm supposed to be addressed in. And out of that, and it's gone on for some time. I'm not 100% yet, but he's getting me there. You notice I didn't say I'm getting there. I said he's getting me there. Because I've learned how to lean on him more. I thought when my husband passed away I'd have to be superwoman. Resented having to lean on God so much. And that hurt him. You got me? Sometimes you can feel his hurt. Got me? And so I had to humble myself and and say, God, well, I'm not sure what to do. I'm not sure how I'm going to live my life now. I'm not sure what you want me to do. And it's just like, you know, just, just come here and sit with me. Just be still. You know, just be still. And let me be God to you. Let me show you what to do for a change. Let me lead for a change anybody who knows me knows I'm used to you know run with me or get run over you know (laughs) wherever I'm going I don't know yet holding on to God but you know that and so (laughs) and sometimes it's needed (laughs) live saints can go dead on you real quick sometimes so it's a whole another sermon, but uh, but but God allowed me to understand a different dimension of His love. You got me? A different dimension, one that I need to have to know going forward. If I'm going to make progress with God in this life, I've got to know Him in a different dimension. You can know God much better than you can know a person. I mean you may love them to death and they may love you and you may feel a, a great kinship with them or whatever. But you can know God better than you can. And he wants us to. He wants us to. He wants us to. <clears throat> so he says come reason together with me saith the Lord. Though your sins are scarlet they will be as white as snow. So whatever it is that you think is standing between you and God you talk to him about it. 
And he'll give you understanding. He'll give you help. He'll give you encouragement. He'll empower you to go forth and live your life first for him and then minister to others. It's very important to keep that in the right order. Sometimes we get the work of God ahead of God. And he wants us to keep those things in order and keep them in sync. The other thing we need to do is to recommit. Once you have have had your time with God and you understand what's necessary, he wants you to recommit to the work that he set you here to do. Some of you are set into the earth uh, as business people. He wants to see you excel in that so that you can put other people to work. You know, get beyond thinking about just sometimes you have so many ideas and you think, boy, what am I going to do with all of this? You can help somebody else's life with it. But you've got to stay hand in hand with God and not get ahead of him. Don't fall behind him, but walk step by step with him. And that's what he wants us to do. So in the recommitment process, Isaiah 6, 8, the Lord asks the question, who will go, who shall we send, and who will go for us? And your answer is, here am I, Lord, send me. So you make yourself available to God. The reason that, that all of this has happened and, and all of this has come upon you is so that God can have time to do what he needs to do to uh, get you equipped, get you outfitted, get you strengthened, get you healed, get you encouraged. Sometimes people who are are not well and and not feeling well are discouraged in what they experience. It takes the joy and the life out of things. And God wants to restore that to us and give us everything that we need. So in the recommitment process, God begins to re-equip us for the battle to come. He re-equips us. He, as we recommit, we get a vision of of coming out of this thing victorious. You know, sometimes you know you're going to come out. You you know it's just a matter of time. Sometimes you try to step out yourself and don't give yourself enough time. And then the symptoms return. And you think, boy, here I am again. It's almost like day one. No, you tried to come out yourself. You've got to let God pull you out of this thing so that when you come out, he can equip you again to go out and to have your victory. You must have it in your heart first and then step into it in the natural. And what this is, is it's a heart enrichment in God. He begins to enrich our hearts with greater vision, greater understanding, greater understanding of our purpose, greater understanding of direction. All of that comes clear because the cloud of spiritual wickedness now is lifted off of us where the enemy has has fled because not not so much because of what you've done, but because of a different level of empowerment for you and God. See, he removes one so that he can establish the other. He removes you out of your empowerment that you had before so that he can establish the other. It's time for a new weapon. It's time to sharpen that blade. It's time to get on to something more powerful. It's time to get on something that will pull in more for you so that God can get you reestablished in these things. In in First uh, Samuel 30, I'm just going to go over this very quickly because we don't need to spend a whole lot of time here. But I always love this story about recovery, how David recovered everything, and David recovered because not because he was anointed king. 
you know because if you're anointed you you've gotten something from God that's going to be useful for your life and beneficial for your life but you still need how to operate in that and step into it properly and so David was anointed king but he spent what I think 13 or close to 20 years running from from Saul who's been trying to defeat him and at every turn David was able to get supernatural help from God and this situation here is the first one where he's facing defeat he's facing defeat even when he was David would get in his flesh and threaten to kill everybody and God sent a woman to prophesy to him I mean just out of nowhere this woman the word of the Lord comes on her and he looks at her and he says God did send you here. He just snapped him out of that that quickly. Abigail. That, that who she was yeah, Abigail she she began to prophesy and give him the word of the Lord well David would always go to the prophet for a word he'd go here he'd go there but this was his first experience with God sending the word out to him to meet him where he was so he wouldn't throw away everything that God had put inside of him but then he gets to uh to uh uh Ziklag and and he's almost suffering defeat so much so that the people turn against him now talk about spiritual wickedness not only is he being bombarded in his mind with thoughts of guilt and I should we should never have left here and we should never have left everything unguarded and why did I do that and all this but his people start to turn against him they wanted to stone him to death and he's never had uh, uh, been in a place where he didn't have some people cooperating some flesh and blood cooperating on his behalf and so he does the only thing he knows to do he while they were complaining David began to pour himself out before the Lord <clears throat> You know you hate to see a grown man cry but he cried because it was a time to lament. There's a time to cry. If you feel like crying have yourself a good cry. But don't stay there. Huh? Don't start feeling sorry for yourself. See what separates the, the great ones and the leaders from the ones that go off in self pity and never get back up again is their relationship with God and so David turns to the only help he knows his relationship with God and he begins to encourage himself in the Lord as God and so he spends that time that time where he's being bombarded from the enemy he takes the time to recharge himself by encouraging himself in the Lord his God and so it says in verse 6 he said David was greatly distressed because the people spake of stoning him because all the people were grieved every man for sons and daughters but he encouraged himself in the Lord his God huh? they were calling him a dirty dog and he said Lord I thank you that you protect me and you shield me that you have favor on me like, like a shield I thank you Lord for the shield of faith that's coming up over me right now I thank you Father that I am your son and that you have angels that encamp around me to protect me and to help me while the enemy's cursing him instead of him cursing back he turns to the only help he knows encourages himself in the Lord David was a good one to pull out his uh, uh, walkman or whatever they had 
with his stringed instrument and just sing himself happy. He got me to minister to his own soul so that he can can get himself back right in God because he knows there's a place in God where this stuff doesn't matter to him. That's where he wants to do. To get to that place in God where stuff don't matter to you. And that's what he needs to do. And so in verse 8 it says that he inquired at the Lord. Get your strength back and inquire. What's my next step God? What's my next step for building my congregation? What's my next step for making sure that I have the financial resources to do everything that you put in my heart? What's my next step God? What's my next step? And so God tells him. He says oh yeah I'm with you. What else is God going to say? He said go pursue them. In other words, go slap the devil upside his head and make him leave your kids alone. Amen. Because I am with you. And God says you pursue them. You're going to overtake and recover all without fail. Because I'm with you. See? I'm with you. So David went and he took some of the men with him. He didn't have to take everybody. Because he found out what the real problem was. Half of them didn't want to go. Oh, David, you know, I'm tired, bro. I mean, you know, I just, you mean tonight, right now? Huh? He said, no, y'all stay here. Mm -hmm. Because whoever God sends with me, whoever God sends to help me, whoever God sends a word for me, that's what's going to work for me. I'm not working from numbers. And I don't need a lot of people raising their hand, but I'm going forward anyway. Amen. So David then begins on the road to receive what he needs from God and on the way they run into a man who was left for dead three days ago but God healed him huh three days ago he was dying and he says my master left me behind because I was sick unto death three days ago well look at this brother you didn't live for three days and what's more we're going to give you something to eat and you're not going to die today you're going to die another day because God left you here to help us. God will keep people alive to help you. Oh. <laughs> Look at Oral Roberts. These old saints don't stay around the, you know, the great ones. They don't stay around like Paul said. He said, I would love to go home and be with God, which is what I want to do. But it's more needful for you that I stay here. <laughs> <laughs> what was that Saul even after the prophet died he wouldn't raise him up from the dead he said man why'd you wake me up what is wrong with you Saul can you leave a brother alone I'm dead already leave me dead huh? but God will revive somebody just to help you keep him alive just to help you amen Y'all reading the same Bible I'm reading? Verse 13. Huh? So this young man was their guide. Took him right to the place where his stuff was. Listen, once God tells you he's going to do something for you. And he begins to send help on the road to you getting there. 
and that help begins to speak to the thing that you need and you desire you better follow that help you don't care what color that help is you don't care where they came from you don't care how they got your number you don't care how they know your name all you know is that God told me I'm going to recover everything and this brother knows where my stuff is so he's the one who's going to help me it would have been easier for them to just leave him there just like they found him but they went and and ministered to him cared for him and served him I'm telling you in your time of need if you can serve somebody else God will bring you out all the quicker he will bring you out all the greater that's your strength coming back to you that's your voice coming back to you that's the anointing being revived in a greater way in your life that's what that is and so God wants us to understand that when we're going through these times where the the onslaught of the enemy is so great if we will persevere he will send us word he will strengthen us in our inner man he will give us clarity and understanding and new vision for the road to come it's not because of what you've done you're there but it's because of what he wants to do in you and if you'll let him do it you'll come out victorious and you'll recover everything amen father we thank you for your word and for understanding we thank you for full recovery We thank you for full recovery in the city of Detroit. Thank you, Lord, for the empty houses to be recovered, to have people living in them, to be fixed up again, to be uh, inhabited again. That people would have good jobs to live in these houses. It just wouldn't be welfare that, that people are trying to live off of, which really doesn't take care of people. Because we need good jobs to come forth in this city again. It's been here once, and we say you can do it again. And we thank you, Father, and we bless you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up.